Well, great to see you in church uh, this morning. I've I got a funny feeling it might be me after all that. Let me unplug myself. Because many people have different understandings of, of God's welcome to them. And in fact, a lot of our thinking can trap us to believe that we've got to make a certain grade or we've got to have a certain standard that we have to get to for God to welcome us. And over uh, the uh, a period of time, we've just been seeing Jesus um, debunk all those kind of lies that we can believe about the fact that we've got to be of a certain moral standard or we've got to be of a, um, that we've got to have everything uh, all in place before God will accept us for who we are. And the reality is, is that God accepts us and God invites us to be a part of him but some of our thinking can trap us and, and leave us um, leave us thinking that we've got to do something to earn God's love. So this morning I'm going to talk about uh, a meal that happened many thousands of years ago. and In lots of ways it's the most famous meal in Scripture. And, and it's a meal that happened with the Israelites in the Old Testament. And, and this meal... Uh, was a culmination of many things that God gave the Israelites to say that they are accepted and he wants them to enter into his freedom. Now the Old Testament is just a spiritual, uh, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. Let me, let me unpack that a little bit. The, the Old Testament is, is a physical things that happen to show us spiritual truths. And so we're going to look at the, the meal of the Passover and how that relates to what Jesus did on the cross and how that can show us the wonderful hospitality of God. Well, you may or may not know the story of Passover, but the story begins like this. The, the, the tribes of, uh, of Judah come into Egypt after Joseph has done many things and has risen up to a wonderful status within the Egyptian community. And, and Joseph brings all his family in and they settle in prime land of Egypt and there they flourish. But after a period of time, the Egyptians start to despise them. And they start to fear them and they start to enslave them. It's not really that uncommon when you think about it because many times when we enter into something that we think is good or we think is a blessing only to find out after a while it actually entraps us and snares us. We start looking on things on computers and it starts out and it's all fine but after a while we find ourselves hooked in and addicted. We put 
coins and machines and we think it's all fun. And then after a while we find that we're putting all our money in it. And that which was fun and that which was enjoyable sooner or later becomes a snare and a trap as our focus turns away from what is important and turns to those things. And that is what happened to the people of Israel. Came into the blessing and somehow the focus shift and that which was a blessing now turns into slavery and and 400 years later the Egyptian people uh, the Israelite people find themselves oppressed and a slave to the Egyptian people and the wonderful thing about this story is that God says I'm not going to have that that God sees his people sees the Israelites trapped and bound and he says I am going to do something about it. And so he picks the most unlikely person, which is always God's way. And a guy called Moses. And Moses comes and, and he starts this process of allowing God to move through him to see freedom come to his people. And so through Moses, God sends plagues over the over, the, over the, the Egyptian people as judgment for what the Egyptian people had done to the Israelites. You see, we can't believe in a loving and good God unless we believe in a God who brings justice and judgment as well. You can't say that you are good as a parent and not discipline your children. God is good in loving, but he's good in loving. It means that he needs to judge. And he brought judgment upon the Egyptian people to the point where because the Egyptians killed the firstborn of every Israelite, God brings that judgment upon the, Israel, uh, upon the Egyptian people. And so this is where we hit the story. Right at the end of the last judgment, as God is going to be talking to the Israelites about how he's going to bring death to the Egyptians. This is where it is. He says, tell the whole community of Israel, the whole congregation, that on the tenth day of this month, each man should take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbour. God is always considerate. Having taken into account the number of people who are there, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with each person, or what each person will eat. The animals that will choose must be a year old male without defect, and you take them from the sheep or from the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then you are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the house where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat meat, roasted over a fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire and eat the, the head, the legs and the most disgusting part of an animal, the internal organs. 
Do not leave any, so- any of it till morning. If there is any left in morning, you must burn it. And now you are to eat it with your coat tucked into your belt, with sandals on your feet, with staff on your hand. Eat it in haste, for it is the Lord's Passover. And on the same night I'll pass through Egypt and I'll strike down every firstborn of both people and animals and I'll bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. No destruction plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is the day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival of the Lord. This is a a meal that God is sending to the Israel people to say, if you do this meal, I will save you. If you do this meal, I will save you. Follow the instructions and I will bring my saving grace upon your household. But they had to follow the instructions. It's not like they could go, you know what? I don't particularly like lamb. I don't really like goat. Uh, can I do a chicken? No, it was a, it's a lamb or a goat. That was the instructions from the one who was going to save them about how they could be saved. You know, I I can just picture a husband and a wife going, Dear, have you put the blood on the doorpost yet? No, I'll do it in the morning. That's not going to work either. Because the one who saves has given the instruction on how they can be saved. How death can pass over them. And how destruction may not come to them. I had to follow the instructions. They had to have their shoes on their feet and their coats tucked into the belt. They had to eat it with haste. They had to make sure there was no, no uh, leaven in the bread, no yeast in the bread. They had to follow it as it was stated. If you want to be saved, follow the instructions. And then prepare the tucking in of the coat and the sandals on the feet, and the haste in which God puts them in, is because not only am I going to save you from death, but I'm going to bring you into freedom. Because as soon as this happens, Egypt's going to get up in a roar, and, we get, uh, and you're, going to be, you're going to walk out of there in freedom. The saving meal that God instituted here It's the meal that saves, but it's also the meal that helps us to escape the things that bind us and enter into his freedom. And Jesus took that Passover meal on the night he was betrayed. He took bread and he took the wine and and he transformed the Passover meal into the mill of applying it to himself that we call communion today. That through his body and through his blood, 
death passes over us and we can enter into freedom. He takes the picture of the lamb and the picture of the blood and he says, that is me. What, you, what, what we know about a, a historical event, I am now doing in the spiritual realm. That this meal now is a saving meal for everyone who wants to eat the meal the way that I've asked them to eat it. For the ones who want to follow the instructions. I love this. That in Jesus, we see that in his blood, death passes over us. In his body that is broken, his brokenness brings us freedom. And so the invitation for us today, as we think about this saving meal that Jesus says, this is me. This is what I've done on the cross for you. Will you put his blood on the doorposts of your life? Will you allow everything that's out there that comes through your door to be sanctified by the blood of Jesus? Will you let death pass over you by putting his blood in your life? Will you allow his brokenness to replace your brokenness as he died on the cross for you? And the hospitality, the marvellous hospitality of God is simply this. If we accept what Jesus has done for us, freedom comes. If we do it God's way and stop trying to do it our way, then freedom comes. We can't sit before Jesus and say, you know what, I don't like this about you. I'm not going to accept that about you. I'm not going to accept what your blood has done. I'm not going to accept what your broken body does. Because I like chicken, not lamb or goat then we'll never enter into the freedom. But when we accept what Jesus has done for us by the shedding of his blood and the brokenness of his body, we can accept the great hospitality of God. And there comes a way out, there comes an exodus. So the invitation for us this morning is that as we celebrate this Good Friday, We're going to share communion together and everyone is welcome. Whether you're a part of this church, whether you're a guest, whether you're a visitor, you're all welcome. And this meal is basically saying, Jesus, I accept what your blood has done for me and being the Passover lamb. I accept that your blood is going to be the blood that is the doorpost of my life. And when we take the bread, we're accepting what Jesus has done, that his brokenness replaces ours and that we can enter into freedom. So you're all welcome. Because Jesus instigated this meal, not just so it could be nice words, but so it could mean something. 
So it could bring something deep inside your soul that can change something. And so if you're feeling trapped, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling like there are situations in your life that you have no way out of, God is saying, I want to do something about that. But the only way is through Jesus and what he's done for you on the cross. So what we're going to do is we're going to have two stations up the front with three people at it. And so we're going to have people come up um, from this side. You take the bread, take